You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks for listening to the podcast. On Friday, the Bulls made the move to get rid of Jim Boylan. They relieved him of his duties that's from our tourist Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley. They make the move to go in a different direction. I think most of us expected this, although some people weren't very patient about allowing the season to end and then letting this new front office do their job. It's interesting what happens because I actually see a little bit of a duality in this. And that duality is, There's this need for punishment. There's the need for a punitive way of doing things that makes all of us feel good. Which is strange considering the time that we're in right now where someone losing their job, I think people are a little bit more sensitive to it because so many people have lost their job. Now, they didn't lose their job because of performance. They lost their job because of circumstances. Like, we're living in a pandemic. We're seeing companies, restaurants, all sorts of stuff fail all over the place. And people lose their jobs because of that. The juxtaposition with Jim Boylan losing his job was actually met with a level of maturity by the people that I saw on Twitter, like fans on Twitter that I think plays directly into folks understanding that it could easily be them that, or, or is them that is out of a job and there being a little bit more humanity shown to the process of this. I was never, I never thought that the, that the bulls had to run in and just fire Boylan to fire him. I knew that they were going to fire him. They clearly didn't want to have that guy as the face of their franchise. But it's a strange thing because the Bulls aren't in the bubble, so it feels like they're not part of the NBA right now, which is crazy. And I'll I'll get to that playing game that happened on on Saturday in a minute because that was so much fun to watch. But because they weren't inside the bubble, it almost feels as if they aren't a part of everything that is associated with the NBA. So it's almost like the Bulls are sitting out on this island and everything is amplified because all of us are looking like, well, the cool stuff is going on over there and we're just sitting here stuck. And we're stuck with Jimbo as as the head coach of this team. I'm glad that that Karnaschovas and Eversley 
It does sound like a law firm, doesn't it? Maybe, what if we flipped it? Let's see. Eversley and Karnaschovas, attorneys at law. No, I think Karnaschovas and Eversley sounds better as a law firm. Okay, so anyway, Karnaschovas and Eversley, they make this decision basically as soon as the season ended. When we found out that there was going to be a play-in game for the eighth seed in the West and the rest of the bubble games were over, that the playoffs were going to start, and that's where things stood. They, they then were able to go, okay, we have given this guy all this time that we've had since we took over to find out what he's about. We've talked with him. We've met with him. There are now going to be legitimate candidates that are going to be available, like, poof, Alvin Gentry is all of a sudden available. I'm not saying the Bulls should hire him, but he's clearly a better coach than Jim Boylan is. There are choices for them to make. There are coaches that are going to be available. There are assistants that don't have to worry about coaching in the playoffs, like Becky Hammond. And I'm not saying that the Bulls should hire Becky Hammond, but she's clearly a better head coaching candidate than Jim Boylan. See what I mean? So the Bulls going into this thing, while teams were trying to get themselves ready for a pandemic, moving into the bubble, negotiating and navigating all of that stuff, it didn't make a lot of sense other than to satiate all of us here in Chicago that were sitting here wondering, why is that guy still the head coach of your team? The Bulls didn't have a lot of stuff that was going on publicly. Like There, there wasn't any real opportunity for Jim to be out in front of the public to talk to you, the fan. So I, I like that they allowed this process to play out and now we'll see what type of coach they want we'll see the type of person that they want to bring in they're all about you know players first or whatever so to me it made sense that they were going to listen to what the players told them about Jim and they were not going to be in a position where they were going to let Jim dictate that he should still be the head coach but I think that one of the things that I've learned to curb as I've gotten older is my appetite for firing. Now, I know you're going to hear this and you're going to be like, but Lawrence, don't you want the White Sox to, to make a move at manager? I do. I truly do. But I do understand that, like, let's say this season, hard to pull the trigger on a guy in the middle of a pandemic. I think it might be the right move, but I understand if they wanted to hold off until the end of the season to make a move. I would also understand if they decided they were going to do it now. But this kind of anger and venom of why is he still the coach and all of this stuff, you knew it was going to happen. Like there, there wasn't a real precedent for an entire front office coming in and then being like, you know what, though, that coach – that coach that got the entire front office fired, yeah, let's keep him. That wasn't going to happen. It's weird. When he got fired, there wasn't some sort of like exhale for me, but it was the first time in reading the quotes and hearing some of the stuff, and I can just tell you right now, Arturis Karnaschovas isn't going to tell you nothing. 
it is clear now. I have now heard him in three interviews. He ain't telling you nothing, which is fine as long as he goes about doing the job of of being the head of of basketball operations with 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 vi- vigor. You know, like if he goes and and he is out here getting the right person, it doesn't matter if if he wins press conferences. They want we want to see the Bulls move in a better direction organizationally. I grew up a Bulls fan. I think uh, it's probably the Bears, right? The Bears are probably the first team that I loved as a fan. But the Bulls weren't far behind. When I was a kid, I would go over to my grandmother's house. Like, college teams, it was easy. DePaul was on Channel 9. You know, she'd sit me on the floor. I'd be watching DePaul games. I was four or five years old. But she was a big Bulls fan, too. So I have a lot of affection for the Bulls that goes back to my earliest memories as a child. And of course, then you grow up in the Jordan era. Hard not to be a fan when you grow up in the Jordan era. Scottie Pippen was my favorite player. Seeing the last dance was a lot of fun because it gave me an opportunity to relive a ton of my own fan history and a little bit of my professional history. I was literally in the documentary for two seconds. I didn't say anything, but there was a picture of me when they were making fun of the media being outside the door. That was me. And that was my first job working in sports in Chicago was working for Channel 9 as a producer. And I got to cover the 97 and 98 Bulls as a 22 and 23. or I guess it was 22 the entire time as a 22 year old before I joined the score later on that year. Um, watching the Bulls descend into what they had become post-Jordan was rough, but you knew that the the high high of the greatest player of all time and maybe the greatest number two of all time, that there was going to be a, a deep valley. They go through that valley, and the valley seems to continue until 2008 when Derrick Rose shows up. And then there's this level of hope. This hope of not just you're seeing one of Chicago's very own, but you're seeing a a transcendent player. To go back to that game on on Sunday, I feel like when I'm watching Ja Morant, I'm watching 2008 to 2012 Derrick Rose. I'm watching a guy that's fearless. I'm watching a guy that's explosive. I'm watching a guy that is like, bring it on, like taking on all comers. It was really fun to watch him and Dame and CJ McCollum go go at it on Saturday. And Joseph, uh, Joseph Nurkic out here, his grandmother dies. He's out here giving you 21 and 21. Like it's just really incredible basketball that we saw on Saturday. And you you sit there and go, Man, I, I wonder when the Bulls can ever get back to that point where we're excited about Bulls basketball and we're excited about everything that this organization is about. I don't think that we're there. I mean, the level of intensity that was going on inside the bubble over the last couple of days where you have teams fighting for spots and you're seeing Phoenix play its heart out to be undefeated and still be left out of the play-in situation. You're seeing a a desperate Portland team 
with their incredible superstar, Damian Lillard, him almost willing them to get to this point where they have to win one more game and then they're in the playoffs. And then Memphis scratching and clawing against Portland to try and and force a second game so that they can maybe get to the playoffs. It was high-stakes basketball. And as Bulls fans, we haven't seen high-stakes basketball in a really long time. Maybe 2015 against Cleveland is the last time that we saw high-stakes basketball. And a lot of that is connected to Derrick Rose. You know, seeing Derrick Rose hit big shots. And it just, I just wish that, I just wish that we could get to a place as Bulls fans again where we have those opportunities. And the firing of Jim Boylan gives us this. It gives us hope. Not because the man himself was fired. It's just that everything seems like it's a clean slate now with the Bulls. There isn't a lot that connects us to the Gar Pax era of basketball. Both of those guys are gone. In Pax's case, like he's not technically gone, but he's not making any more basketball decisions. Gar Foreman is out of here. Jim Boylan is out of here now. And it's a fresh start. I'm not here to tell you that the guys that are in charge now are going to do a better job than the ones that left. But I will tell you, it'll be difficult for them to do a worse job. It'll be difficult for them to do a worse job than what the Bulls have done over the last five years. You could extend that back if you want. I'm I'm going to give the previous regime some credit for the Joakim Noah's, the Taj Gibson, Derrick Rose era basketball. But once it was clear that Derrick was never going to be that guy again for the Bulls, he's gone on and done some good stuff for Detroit. Once that was determined, they had no direction. And then you end up with some laughable decisions about the coaching of this team and some of the personnel of this team. But now we're in this place where there's hope. Now you get to sit here and think about what might be that the Bulls can maybe with a couple of smart moves, the Bulls can be in a position similar to what we're seeing with teams like Phoenix and Portland and Memphis or Brooklyn for like, there's another there's another team like Brooklyn playing desperate against Portland to keep Portland out of the playoffs. Like think about that. Like that that's that's where you want to see like the level of competition that we've seen when money's been on the line in the NBA bubble has been phenomenal. And that's all you want. That's what you want the Bulls to be. You want them to be a team that is feared. You want them to be a team that is taken seriously, that is growing superstars. And we have a better sense of what those players are all about. And Friday was the first time 
I remember I, I, I got the text message. I was out riding my bike. I was out in South Chicago. It's really interesting down there. If you've never been, you should go. I'm out there looking at this mural. I took a picture of it. The mural's actually up on my Instagram, at Lawrence W. Holmes, if you want to check it out. And I get a text message from Herbie, and Herbie's like, should we put Cody on at the top of the show? And I'm like, what's going on? He's like, oh, the bull's fire boiling. And I'm like, yep, let me get on my bike, and let me ride home and get ready to do this show. But knowing that they fired him, it was the first time in forever that I felt some hope for a franchise that I grew up loving. First time in a long time. So, I would say five years. So here we are. It's a new day. It's a new day for the Bulls. What are they going to do with it? And it doesn't have to be immediate. I don't need them to make any splashes. But the coaching hire is going to say a lot. And even if it isn't some sort of like magical celebrity coach the fact that they would get someone in here who has a good sense of how to do the job and not an over-promoted assistant because that's what Boylan was he's an over-promoted assistant I'd be surprised if he's anyone's number one assistant in the NBA even after being a head coach I think he'll get a job but I don't think that he's sitting next to a head coach that's someone that can run your practices, but I don't know if. Anyway, this isn't to, to to yam on Jim Boylan. It's to tell you that things might be moving in the right direction. And it's okay for all of us to be like, all right. Now, now we can see a little bit of a glimmer of a light when it comes to Bulls basketball. And now we'll see what the law firm of Karnaschovas and Eversley do with this opportunity. Thanks for listening.